1: find us on facebook at facebook.com slash too many captains productions find us at amoviepodcast.com on spotify apple
0: podcasts and google play and now here comes a new episode of collateral cinema i'm bo maddox i'm robert ortegon and i'm smashly
2: pantsler and this is collateral cinema Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where you focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, be it dabs, blunts, bonks, or joints, smoke it if you've got it. And welcome to a special Burt Reynolds edition of Collateral Cinema. Is that right, guys?
1: Hell yeah. Let's celebrate it like it's his
2: birthday. Yeah, we should totally celebrate, right? Celebrate. (laughs) Celebration. Yeah, we're checking out a movie from 1978. It's directed by Hal Needham, and it's starring Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, Adam West, Jan Michael Vincent, and James Best. And this movie is quintessentially 70s and quintessentially Burt Reynolds. Isn't that right?
1: Yes, it is. Bandit. I don't know if you've seen the Bandit movies before that, for this one. Yeah,
2: Smokey and the Bandit one and two. That's a couple of movies that he did with Sally Field. He also did this movie and another movie called The End. And Robert, you're the one who chose this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Smile away, dude. Smile away. Why did you pick this movie? And what does it mean to you?
1: Why wouldn't I pick this movie? And it means everything to me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But when when was the first time that you saw this movie?
1: I saw this movie when I was a kid, like I see every <laughs> 1970 uh, car movie. I mean, I just have a fascination with the the 70s, you know, cars and old Hollywood, really.
2: Yeah, and this is quintessentially old school Hollywood from the 70s. I mean, Burt Reynolds' movies just kind of have a specific flavor to them, you know? Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with reynolds charm as an actor you know like he really comes across especially when he did his comedic turn as just really affable like really down to earth even but still kind of coy and sly and you know a little twinkle in his eye whenever he'd pull something really cheeky
0: yeah exactly or when he's fucking
2: with those cops oh <laughs> this movie loves fucking with cops honestly yeah it's fucking crazy actually
1: it's another take on the bandit smokies right
2: yeah But this movie is mostly focused on a certain subset of the movie industry that is maybe a little bit underrepresented when it comes to, you know, actual accolades. I mean, stunt work is actually what brought us Burt Reynolds. He started off as a stuntman Mm -hmm. and... He really kind of moved on from that to, like, Gunsmoke, and then he started doing, like, the smoking and the Bandit movies later on and all of that.
1: The Longest Yard. The
2: Longest Yard. Yeah, the original,
1: not the Adam Sandler one, but that one one was cool.
2: Yeah, but the original is definitely awesome. Oh,
1: he's even in the new one, right? Damn. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. He plays an older inmate.
1: Yeah, like he was waiting for his time to... Get off the bench and play football with Adam Sandler.
0: Yeah. I just remember his appearance in Archer. He sort of makes a cameo. Actually, a little bit more than a cameo.
2: Yeah. I never really saw that. I mean, what was it like?
0: I I, I think he married Mallory Archer or something, or he was her boyfriend. Oh, Lord. And so, like, Sterling doesn't know whether to, like, idolize him because he's his hero or, like, be mad because he's dating his mom. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can see that, man. I mean, Burt Reynolds, he was kind of a sex idol, like an icon of, you know, masculinity in his time. I mean, honestly, you know, if
0: I if I lived around during his prime, I mean, he, he could fuck my mom. I wouldn't care. It's, it's Burt fucking Reynolds. OK, that, that that's an honor.
2: Yeah. Right. I mean, you, t- you take that as a win.
0: As a win, yeah. Burt Reynolds fucks my mom, okay? So,
2: uh, you
1: can tell everybody that. Everybody would be cool to
2: Yeah. <laughs> but like we said earlier, this movie right here, it's a love letter to stuntmen and stuntwomen who they put themselves on the line every time that there's a movie that has a lot of really intensive action to it. And, I mean, they really don't get as much accolades in the industry as I think they deserve. Mm -hmm. Well,
0: you compare this with like once upon a time in Hollywood, which I guess kind of actually highlights what, you know, the life of a, of a stuntman is like. And I like how this movie I think has kind of a autobiographical element in that Burt Reynolds used to be a stuntman, but in this movie, he's actually playing the older mentor type figure to, you know, ski. To, to Ski, who yeah. I I think actually would represent Reynolds, really, if you're Dude, if you're taking that analogy.
1: If you think about this, all the car movies that I've chosen all lead up to the stunt world. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Drive and Death Proof.
2: Yeah, those were both movies that involved stunt work. Stunt man,
1: stunt work. A story about a stuntman, right? Hell yeah. yeah. driver, right?
2: And wasn't uh, Kurt Russell's whole, like, motive for doing what he did in Death Proof kind of because he was just kind of, you yeah. know, looked over in the industry and yeah. everything?
1: He was a serial killer with a car, yeah.
2: Yeah. And and in Drive, you have Ryan Gosling playing the driver. Mm. And it's, it's interesting because, I mean, that's not really, like, the focal point of the movie, but... It does set up, you know, a lot of his ethos, you know.
1: When he's doing, like, stunt work, when he overturns the car. Yeah. Brian Cranston's right there, like, his teacher, or his mentor. Right?
2: Yeah, that that can almost be seen as a little bit of a shout-out to Hooper, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: I mean, that scene is actually very similar to the scenes we see that open up this movie. Like, it opens up with, it's really interesting, it, it opens up with Reynolds or his stunt body double or whatever, actually putting on padding to protect himself from taking a spill on a motorcycle, because that's the actual uh, stunt that he does first in the movie.
1: So, uh, sorry, um, he's doubling for Adam West and somebody else is doubling for him.
2: Yeah, I mean, Adam West is in this movie, but he's not really much of of an entity here. No, he's
1: not the main star here, yeah. Yeah, no. he
0: doesn't show up until later in the opening credits, and he's he's on screen with two other names. I noticed
2: that. Yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't really go full Adam West mode.
0: He plays himself, actually.
2: Yeah, he does. He plays himself. He's actually named Adam in the movie.
1: Yeah. If Burt Reynolds calls him Adam West. I guess, yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he plays himself.
0: <laughs> but I was going to actually talk about that opening scene that Bo brought up, because... I just thought it was a really... And I just watched this today, right before recording, okay? Yeah. but So this is fresh in my mind, but I'm starting out this movie with the cinematography that is like this close-up shots on Burt Reynolds, and I notice never shows his face up until him putting the helmet on, and you you don't even see his face until after he does the stunt work. Mm
2: -hmm. Exactly. I mean, that's why I think that might be Burt Reynolds' actual stunt double in this movie.
0: Yeah, because it's like the movie is based off of Burt Reynolds as a stuntman. Who's Burt Reynolds' stuntman? Is he, is he doing his own well, stunts? I mean, Does he have a stuntman? Well, Burt Reynolds fair, was a stuntman. And
2: to be yeah. fair, I think Burt Reynolds did at least a few of his own stunts in this movie. Yeah.
0: He was on the horse. He's I mean, basically yeah.
2: Jackie
1: Chan before Jackie Chan came out. As uh, a, as I don't a, know. As, as a leading actor. I mean, Maybe
2: kind of, sort of. I mean, Jackie yeah. Chan... Um, but, Jackie Chan was a stuntman. Yeah, he was a stuntman himself who kind of came up in the... Uh, Chinese uh, movie industry. Yeah,
1: he was there with Bruce Lee.
0: But he did his own stunts when he became a lead. Yeah, yeah that's the thing.
1: Exactly, he there, did his own stunts. There's nobody, who, there's nobody who doubles for Jackie Chan.
2: And then you nowadays you have crazy-ass Tom Cruise and the fucking
3: insane <laughs> shit that he does.
2: I mean, my God, man. He's just fly fishing. Oh, Jesus Christ.
1: Uh.
0: Fly
2: fishing. Fly fishing, dude. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not a fudge packer.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, really?
2: God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, back to Hooper.
1: The greatest stuntman alive.
2: Yeah, this was actually specifically not only just a love letter to the stuntmen and women in the industry, but also specifically based on Sally Field's stepfather. I believe his name was Jocko Hooker or something like that. And he was a very storied stunt worker who, going back in the day, You know, going in the old days of Hollywood and everything. And this movie just is kind of based on his exploits a little bit. And honestly, this movie is just a cavalcade of just all these really badass stunts, man. I mean, (laughs) obviously, this being about a stunt worker, obviously, it's going to have a lot of stunt choreography to it. I mean, even just from the first moment that we see Hooper on screen, I mean, he does the motorcycle stunt, and then it just kind of escalates from there. We we have a, a stuntman with a dog, you know, falling into a big old air pillow or whatever they call those. I'm not really sure what those are. Uh, I don't yeah, know either. <laughs> but, I mean, they're typically still used to catch people when they're trying to fall off a building or a cliff or whatever. Yeah. Right. And apparently the stuntman that did that particular drop, he actually set a record at the time. That was actually like 230-something feet, I believe.
0: Oh, shit. No way.
2: Yeah. At the time, that was actually one of the longest falling Jump. stunts, jumping-wise. Yeah. Well, record. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, there's also, you know, a lot of car stunt work in this movie. Right, Robert?
1: Yeah, definitely. Most stiff. Well, like,
2: like what? What are some of the the most notable car chase or car stunts in this movie? Like we'll we'll get to the final one here in a little bit, yeah, but we'll before then, like for one, there's a bar brawl which is just iconic. I feel probably uh,
1: in the beginning where he's getting ready with his uh, his motorcycle.
2: Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely amazing.
1: And he's like getting there on set to at, at the same time the director just shows up right.
2: Yeah, But this movie also, like I said, it has that bar ball scene. And man, that is just hilarious, man. Like, I I like it when all the the, the bar back and the bartenders are just like, well, there's another night of no profit. And then they they get the bar back to say like, hey, Billy, get out there and take care of this. And he just gets he just gets racked in the face. And then one of the lady bartenders just punches somebody and and also homeboy he just uh, i forget who it was i think it was james best maybe i may be wrong but he was just like oh boy a fight and he just starts fighting man yeah. i mean you got to fucking respect that
3: right <laughs> oh boy
2: like that's just, fucking dave right there yeah that that's our our friend dave our coworker <laughs> yeah he would probably just be like all right and but then just yeah. start fucking punching the first motherfucker that he sees hell yeah and he's
0: like in that like <laughs> roman get up and everything and he's just
2: Yeah, uh, because this is just all a bunch of Hollywood people, a bunch of stunt and crew members that are going to this bar.
1: It's basically a family, right?
2: Yeah, it basically shows itself to be a very close-knit family. And that's how Hooper meets
1: Ski,
0: actually, and they become friends as a result of fighting each other in a bar. (laughs) Yeah, and
2: man, there's so many great moments in that scene, like the aforementioned bartender moment, but... Also, just what leads up to it, it's these two guys from Houston. They're like uh, SWAT guys, and they think that, you know, Hooper and his table are just being really, really loud and everything, and they go in there, and they actually, he's like, I put 50 cents in this fucking jukebox, man. I can't hear my song. You owe me 50 cents.
0: Oh, shit. They're
2: literally starting this shit over 50 fucking cents, man. It's the principle, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I can't (laughs) even hear myself. You guys are talking too loud.
2: God damn it. Speak up, then.
1: He's Do talking it. about the movie. The
2: movie, okay. Damn, damn. <laughs> Seriously, speak up. I'll speak up when I want. Oh my
1: god. How's this? Is this okay? Oh god. <laughs> I guess you know,
0: I'm just gonna whisper
2: now. <sighs> I think I'll speak loud enough. And y'all realize this is all going in the podcast because this is hilarious. I think I'll speak I speak loud enough to where you can hear me. The beautiful people. The beautiful people. No, fuck Marilyn Manson. But anyway,
0: <laughs> I like the relationship between Hooper and Ski because, you know, they kind of have this friendly rivalry, but at the same time, mentor-mentee relationship or, or mentorship,
1: you know? Yeah, it's a Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan thing, you know? It's kind of like,
0: I'll so, be yeah. your rival yep. to raise you up. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'll lift your to spirit. Raise you up. We'll
1: lift each other's spirits.
0: Like, uh, there's
2: that scene where Ski is filming the Bond parody, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit because there's some noteworthy trivia there. But, like, after he's done with his take, Hooper is there, and he kind of gives a critique. He was like, I think it was a little slow. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> he's, just with him. he's just totally fucking with him, though. I mean, he just went through this elaborate take where he, he repelled off of a building, and then he's, like, shooting down other assailants and everything and running and making it an escape. And it's like, and he just ribs him a little bit. And, yeah, I mean, that just really kind of, you know, shows what Ash said. I mean, it's a great relationship between the two.
1: Did you hear uh, what he said before uh, he started rappelling off? He was like, dude, back in our day, they didn't have buildings this high. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: they were just like, oh, shit.
1: Oh, crap, dude.
2: I don't know. I think Hooper would still have done it. That That's kind of a feature of Hooper's character is that, He's all about the one shit. Yeah. I mean, he's if somebody does something that, you know, kind of might be a bit of an accolade, he's just like, well, you know what? Screw it. I could do it like, one better.
0: Yeah, yeah he's the ultimate <laughs> badass. But, I mean, that sort of comes to a head because his woman, Sally Fields, wants to settle down with him. And, you know, and, and, and honestly, he's one more... Accident away from being paralyzed, yeah. you know. He his age is catching up with him, and all the beer and all the all the stunts, all the, the stunts, all yeah. the
1: work, all the drugs.
2: It's one yeah. of those occupations that's not unlike professional wrestling, you know, which is in its way its own kind of stunt work when you really think about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see the story of uh, Mickey Rourke, right, in the movie uh, The Wrestler. It's like you see what a whole stunt man goes through daily. Exactly, ju- just Mickey to get, Rourke, just to get something to eat. You know,
0: my board. <laughs> in that movie, my board.
1: in that movie, uh, the wrestler I think Mickey I want just my board. Betrays, like Jake the Snake or something, you know.
2: Pretty much, it's pretty much based off of Jake the Snake. But wrestlers, they kind of have the same problems with those types of injuries and everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're they're fatal and uh, they last forever, actually. Oh yeah. I mean especially back injuries, neck injuries, and, know, and of no course joke. head injuries. Head injuries. You know, which is
2: a very serious thing yeah. in the WWE and in wrestling.
1: Yeah. And and the and the NFL, they just won't admit it, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: And Hooper
0: himself is dealing with a back injury, you know, and which he has to shoot himself just to do his job.
2: Yeah, yeah. he has to have actual like muscle relaxers or pain relievers just completely injected into his back.
1: Yeah. Remember Varsity Blues and, uh Paul Walker's New, dude? Yeah. Yeah, dude.
2: Yeah, they just, pretty much had to do the same thing in yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, some of the other stunt scenes in this movie are a little more tongue-in-cheek. Like, I, I like the chariot race, because he he literally does that because he has to one-up his uh, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just totally like a gentleman's thing, and he's just like... I, I think they're at a charity event, which is kind of all over the place. Like, they have a Wild West show, which is interrupted by a goddamn car chase that turns into a crash, and then there's randomly Roman chariots. There's a chariot race. I mean, (laughs) it's just all over the fucking place. I mean... Yeah, like, this movie
0: that they're filming is also, like, all over the place. It apparently is a James Bond movie, or I guess their version of James Bond. What is it? The Spy Who
2: the spy who laughed so hard or something yeah. like that. <laughs> the yeah. Spy, the spy who shagged me. What's, what's what's interesting about that is a few years later after this movie was released, uh, Albert Broccoli, the man who actually created James Bond, he he was trying to sue 20th Century Fox and Hal Needham for even using the Bond music. Like they it's straight up just the na It's that whole melody. Yeah. And it's it's pretty blatant.
1: At <laughs> me straight up play like that.
2: So I mean, who would have been Bond at this point,
1: Robert? Probably those. Oh, at this time, Roger Moore would have been James Bond. Yeah.
2: yeah so that that's crazy. Ski is pretty much subbing for Roger Moore. Is, is is that what Adam West's character is supposed to be? Roger Moore.
1: I have no. Yeah, right. Burt Reynolds supposed to be like a Roger Moore James Bond. Yeah. I mean, it it just. Was of, a, there was a lot of Italian spaghetti rip-offs of that, too. Right? I mean,
2: the, the thing about Adam West is, like we said before, he's such a non-entity in this movie that it's hard to really gauge who he's based off of. But, I mean, there's some other interesting moments in this movie, stunt-wise. But it all culminates in, quite possibly, the centerpiece <laughs> of this movie. It was filmed, actually, on a property owned by the University of Alabama it was used for student housing but at one time it was a hospital and whatnot I think it was actually like a factory there or something like that yeah you were telling
0: me that that's interesting
2: yeah and it was about to be demolished and after they filmed this scene we're going to talk about they actually ended up demolishing it and that's where the University of Alabama the University Mall is well
0: hey you're gonna demolish it anyway let's use it for our movie cut down on expenses you know
2: and man it is a really awesome bit of stunt choreography and also editing it's it's almost a masterwork you can't top the real thing no you can't <laughs> and they're in this souped up trans am it's got like a nitrous kit it. i mean what what's the specs on the car robert
1: um it's gotta be a 400 block on that Trans Am, the same as the Bandit car, you know?
2: Yeah. But uh, and, and I'm what, not
1: sure what that thing was in the back, you know? Probably, like, a whole NOS... I don't know what the hell that thing was.
2: It had to have been the NOS kit for it. Yeah.
1: Right? I mean, that thing looked like a damn beer keg, dude.
2: It almost looked like a whole nother engine. And... They take this souped-up Trans Am, and first they start with just this chaotic moment where half of a building collapses on itself. That I think that was one of the housing buildings on the property. And and the whole the whole conceit is that there's like some kind of earthquake that's been induced, and there's like multiple explosions throughout this whole scene. And inside the Trans Am, you have Burt Reynolds, who's actually keeping an eye on all the instruments and everything making sure that you know they have the proper power with the notch enough, and everything.
1: Enough pressure. To they build have enough a,
2: pressure. build a yeah.
1: tank to shoot that rocket core over to the other side, right?
2: Yeah. And they actually have to outrun two collapsing smokestacks. I mean, there, there's a gas station that blows up somewhere along the line. There's there's extras going all over the place just in total chaos and other cars crashing all Smashing. over the place just being smashed and being thrown into ravines and shit. That, that, dude, that was back
1: when the insurance company didn't give a shit, right?
2: Oh, hell no, man. I mean, stunt work was even more dangerous around that time. I mean, I think when Michael Cimino was making Heaven's Gate, there was a scene where they straight up blew up a horse during a fucking battle scene. Like,
0: And the absolute, like, real calamity that goes on reminds me of, like, Gone in 60 Seconds.
2: Yeah, the, right? The,
0: the original, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that was a very elaborate scene, and oh. maybe in some way that was kind of an homage to that scene. We have done a lot of car movies. So. Yeah, and Gone in sixty seconds, the original. I mean, that ending car chase was I mean,
1: amazing. It was like it, Grand Theft Auto, right?
0: It
2: was like Grand Theft Auto, and not not to mention the car chase near the end of Bullet. Yeah, you know, which is iconic.
0: Yeah, these those movies have things have a lot of that in common. Like a huge part of the movie is just set up and build up for that final scene
2: exactly and this movie is kind of constructed like that i mean obviously you have the whole drama between you know hooper and sally field and his own little extended family there over whether or not to even go through with this whole thing
0: i mean hell you've even got parallels to drive here and that same structure and that
2: yeah more or less when you really think about it
0: yeah but god damn Sally Field is in her prime. Oh man, both <laughs> Sally Field and
2: Burt Reynolds. I mean, hell yeah. They were dating at the time they made this movie.
0: Yeah, I heard and, that. they were dating in real life because they met on the set of Smokey and the Bandit, right?
2: Yeah, and I mean, I really feel that that it, there's a reason why they made at least 4 or 5 movies together because they really did have a chemistry together. I mean, Sally Field, she kind of plays a real foil to uh, Reynolds Hooper
0: here. Again, he can't top the real thing. Of course. Just just <laughs> God forbid that like a breakup happens before you make a movie with two people that are already signed on to it.
2: Oh, yeah. No That's kidding. the
0: only danger there. But, I mean, yeah, the chemistry shows through in the movie, and... All I see when I when I see Sally Fields is Aunt May just like (laughs) younger and
1: hotter, like Dude, Burt Reynolds is an original. You gotta stick with an original.
0: Yeah, which is actually the direction Aunt May is going anyway. (laughs) Younger and hotter. So Yeah, of course. I guess it works out.
1: Young, hotter Aunt May.
2: (laughs) But yeah, I mean Sally Fields is actually she's there for the actual stunt at the end of the movie which culminates in a bridge being blown into a ravine and then they're supposed to make this jump that's where the nos system comes in but they've lost too much pressure but then and and, and ski kind of stalls there for a little bit but then they just say fuck it let's just go for it and they go for it and goddamn they actually make it man it's like oh my lord
0: and then you know Burt Reynolds just punches the dude in the face and then he just
2: yeah retires in style What's interesting is that the director in this movie, he was modeled after another director named Peter Bogdanovich. Okay. And apparently the the whole line about, you know, film being just little moments in time and everything, that was something directly lifted by something that Bogdanovich actually said
0: once. Oh shit. So that was like shade thrown.
2: Yeah, definitely. Damn it. God damn. But anyway, yeah, the, the chase scene ends. The, the car ends up at the other side of the ravine. And, yeah, Burt Reynolds punches the fuck out of the director for it. And, I, of course, there's that one little moment where you think that maybe he was paralyzed and maybe he's hurt or whatever, but... Leave you guessing for just a second, yeah. Just a second, and then he plays it off. And doing? isn't there a moment, like, right there at the end where they kind of break the fourth wall a little bit, and just kind of acknowledge the audience a little bit.
1: Yeah, they do that. He stares right at the camera. (laughs) Stares right at the camera. Doesn't he wink or something? Yeah. Like,
2: yeah, he's just like, "Ah, ha, 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 yeah. But, yeah, the stunt work in this movie is classic, even nearly iconic. And, honestly, this movie is really just an excuse for the stunts, right? I as mean, much because as the room is
0: an excuse for
1: Tommy's ass.
2: <laughs> well, you got to show ass to sell a movie, Greg. Exactly. Well,
1: yeah, we don't do old car stunts anymore, except with, like, Need for Speed and... Um, I think that yeah. there's, there's, go- always, some.
2: there's always going to be a demand for people who will, will do cool stunt car. car work and everything. Yeah,
1: that's always going to happen, especially more video games are being turned into movies now, too.
2: Yeah, and also uh, more of the MCU and everything. Yeah. yeah.
1: But the thing is, did you see that shit? jump or you see the car that was like animated in like the nicholas cage gone to 60 seconds yeah um, yeah but it's still a cool movie dude but it is yeah you, you see the jump and you see like yeah that's kind of like animated doesn't look right yeah i don't know <laughs> and, and then you see the original jump from the original gone to 60 seconds like dude that was fucking bad either way it was. Yeah.
2: I mean, going back to the ending scene of this movie and the parallels it has to that, I mean, it, I forgot where I'm going with
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> We need to watch uh, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, guys.
2: Yeah, I've <laughs> seen trailers for that on various trailer compilations for like uh, 42nd Street yeah. Forever or whatnot.
1: It was uh, also mentioned in Death Proof. <laughs> Same with... Uh, The Vanishing Point, dude, which we need to watch, too.
2: Yeah. Vanishing Point is, like, one of the penultimate, like, car exploitation movies.
1: Yeah, it it was before the original Gone of 60 Seconds.
2: Yeah, and I don't think I've ever seen Vanishing Point, honestly.
1: I've seen a few clips. I've actually watched the remake. Yeah, it's, like, 1970, 71. The Challenger is that year, too. It looks like my mom's car, but 1970, you know?
2: Yeah, and that was the car that was referenced in Death Proof, that Zoe yeah. Bell is yeah. attached to the hood and everything.
1: Exactly. That's but, the same car in Vanishing Point.
2: Yeah, that that's like specifically the reason why they wanted to actually take it out. It's like, dude, this is the fucking Vanishing Point car right yeah, here. Yeah, It's like, come on, we got to fucking do this shit. Yeah.
1: It's once-in-a-lifetime thing, right? Yeah.
2: Once-in-a-lifetime, exactly. And the Trans Am in this movie, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. They're actually tuning it up and everything. Like, I mean, what is its, like, value nowadays? Like, I mean, and how how easily can you find a car like that?
1: Dude, restored, you're going to pay anywhere from uh, $46,000 to 60000
2: Jesus Christ. For,
1: for an actual uh, Challenger car. Damn. But uh, that's why I get them when they're rust buckets, so I can build it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I
1: can do what I want to it, because I know how to build. I basically got the mind of an engineer, too, you know?
2: Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, straight up.
1: This car, Trans Am car, yeah, it's it's uh it's another take from the Smokey and the Bandit car. It's got the eagle eyes in the front. It's got the shaker hood scoop, dude. Nice. This thing is bad. I've actually seen one. Um, I've seen a few of those from like the eighties, nineteen eighty one. I've seen one Hawkeye, maybe like one or two. But I s- a buddy of mine when I was a kid, he had one taken apart in his uh, yard, and it was just sitting there in pieces, dude. And then I had my Mach 1 all in pieces when I was a kid. So it was kind of like,
3: oh, who's going to build who's first? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Burt Reynolds is Hooper, and Hooper is a real hero. He can take more crashes. Oh, Jesus! More fire. Ah. Hello, gorgeous. More love. More hits. He can take more risks and have more fun than anyone can imagine. This is Cooper, the story of the greatest stuntman of them all and his competition.
1: Wait a year and a half to meet you. How's
3: that? I get to perform with Sonny Hooper. Oh, hell, that ain't no big deal. I mean. Ah! Bert Burt Reynolds, Jan Michael Vincent, Sally Field. I'm yours. Brian Keith, James Best, Robert Klein, and Terry Bradshaw. In Hooper's world, talk is cheap. And life is cheaper. We may be in trouble. A stunt is a gag. And a gag is no laughing matter. Bam! Building falls on you, crushes your fate out the end. Great, Roger. Of course, we'll have a dozen cameras going. And when the director yells, Action! Go, go, go! I'm gonna hit it! <laughs> he really means action. Hooper's in a dangerous business, but his reward is excitement, adventure, and a fortune if he lives to collect it. Burt Reynolds is Hooper, the greatest stuntman alive. I
2: love stuntmen.
3: Hooper, the newest movie from the team that brought you Smokey and the Bandit.
2: So, Robert, where do you think that this movie... Kind of falls into the whole annals of car movies and car exploitation and whatnot. This isn't necessarily car exploitation or anything like that. It's a little too mainstream for that, but it is sort of car
1: exploitation, kind of like Max Paint. No, not Max Paint. Uh, Mad Max. Is, yeah, it's kind of like an apocalyptic car exploitation. Right?
2: How is but it apocalyptic? Uh, <laughs> kind of apocalyptic.
1: Because uh, you know, the world end basically, and you got freaking uh barbarians, right? in hooper well if, no, you, if you're I'm looking talk, at the I'm ending talking scene. About mad max. oh you're talking about mad oh, max I'm okay I'm, mad just, max. I'm just i'm okay. just
2: confused then yes. well this if you're it. looking at the chaos in the, the final
1: stunt it's it all lies in the car exploitation yeah. films yeah you know for yeah. car nerds
2: but i mean what would you compare this to
1: everything goes back to the original bullet steve mcqueen even the even the shots yeah you know, yeah a lot of that even the ryan gossam one nowadays even the new of 60 Seconds, even yeah. Knee for Speed, everything goes back to Steve McQueen. Exactly. Yeah, because he was the original.
2: Yeah, yeah and we covered Bullet and was it last season or was it a couple seasons ago?
1: I think it was a couple seasons it was, ago. Dude, Dakota was with us. And we yeah, that,
2: that, that, we that got was a while ago. We got a
1: history of Steve McQueen. and yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Dakota.
2: Damn it. Damn it. <sighs> Once again, the McCulkin. You could, have been, you could have been the McCulkin in our <laughs> home, home, alone home Alone remake. Reboot. Yeah, remake. <laughs> home, alone. home Alone again. <laughs> home Alone again. Again. <laughs>
1: go
2: but you know what? Screw it, guys. Let's go ahead and get to our final thoughts. And then
0: we do two home, two alone. <laughs> two <laughs> what home, two f- alone. <laughs> <laughs> two what home to f- be alone.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, sorry.
2: Robert, since you chose this movie, go ahead and just tell us what do you ultimately think about this movie like what are your final thoughts?
1: Yeah, this will always fall under one of the one of my most favorite movies, even at my childhood growing up, and uh, yeah, this is just something I would watch late night and just you know, geek out with cars because it's basically a car porn. I mean.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's also stunt porn. Stunt porn. It's serious stunt porn. Hell
1: yeah. You should see my car catalogs. It's like my porn mags, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I think I still have like original auto traders, you know.
2: <laughs> well, how do you feel it ranks as a Burt Reynolds movie?
1: Oh, I think it's uh, one of the top 10, 10 out of 10s, even with the bandit.
2: Even with something like Deliverance, which, by the way, there's a short little clip of Deliverance that's kind of thrown in as a little shout-out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, as they use it as as an in-universe movie.
2: Yeah, and it brings up some interesting questions about Hooper and the (laughs) canon of this movie. It's like, I mean... If, if Burt Reynolds exists. Does Burt Reynolds exist in this universe? Is like
1: is Adam West Burt Reynolds? Does right? Does Burt Reynolds meet Sonny Hooper? Oh, yeah, right. Or, or
2: better yet, does Sonny Hooper do and stunt work for Burt Reynolds? Because obviously he has the the whole reel with Deliverance.
1: And the Bandit's a different character, so
2: yeah. So maybe he's uh, the stunt driver for Burt Reynolds during Smokey and the Bandit. In, in the canon of this movie, that
1: could very well
0: I just want to know if Ludacris was singing the song in the first Fast and Furious. How does Ludacris then show up as Tej in Fast and Furious Two?
2: <laughs> I don't know, dude. The Fast and the Furious movies are complicated, fucking complicated. Does, does
0: Ludacris exist? Does Does Tej sing the song? How does it work?
2: I don't know. <laughs> who who knows, okay? dude? It, It's a fucking mystery, bro.
1: Only the first three matter. Tokyo Drift was the shit. Yeah. <laughs> Tokyo
2: Drift. <laughs> No, I still stand by Too Fast, Too Furious Too fast as my favorite, and, yeah. just dumb movie of all time. It's a good movie. I, it's a movie I actually wouldn't mind owning. But oh. And I I don't feel like I want to own any other Fast and Furious movie other than that. I have the original Roger Corman Fast and yeah, Furious.
1: That's a good late night film.
2: Yeah, it is. But it's I mean, it's all about family. Ah, uh, family. Born to race.
1: Born to race. Born race. Mustangs and Subaru STIs.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, this is like the most Burt Reynolds of Burt Reynolds movies, like ultimately, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just being him, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's just totally being Burt, and that's what he was best at. I mean, I, I was reading up on him a little bit, and, you know, he was kind of... He was kind of expected to really blow up even bigger than he did after his roles in Deliverance and everything, but he kind of went around and took a comedic turn. I mean, Smokey and the Bandit—that's a funny fucking movie, and it establishes all of the feel and the tropes that Burt Reynolds did. You know, it—it it kind of felt
1: like. You it's a. Probably because uh, Jackie Gleason helped him out, too.
2: Yeah, Jackie Gleason <laughs> gave a tremendous amount of help. He played the sheriff in Smokey and the Bandit.
1: Yes, he did.
2: Yeah, and that was a classic little rivalry.
1: That was funny, dude. Uh,
2: and in this movie, of course, you know, he fucks with cops hardcore. That's actually something I really liked about this movie. They just fucks with the police. <laughs> Left and right. Like, Like, there's that scene where you know he's driving backwards just showing off to all of his friends and everything which is hilarious i mean there's there's just all these stunt drivers just driving out just having a drive drinking beers and then he gets pulled over for driving in reverse and everything <laughs> and he they end up trolling the officer by attaching a cable to a fucking telephone pole and just attaching it to the back of his belt clip and Needless to say, yeah, he continues driving backwards. He's just like, later, officer. And then he, he goes to chase after them. And then after a little while, he's just pulled right off the motorcycle.
0: Straight up. Fuck the police. This is an excellent movie to watch in 2021. It really is. Yeah, it's total a <laughs> cab. And then I like how whenever they're doing the final stunt, you know, he's drinking in the cup you know, pulls over and, you know, tells them, like, you're not going to drive while you're drinking, right? And then they just start
1: driving and they wave to
2: him. They wave to him. (laughs) And then they do the stunt.
1: (laughs) They hit the NOS, dude. Yeah, that was badass.
2: Oh, my God. That is so classic.
1: Even right now, we're watching the, the whole town blow up.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're watching the Damnation Alley scene right now. And the Damnation Alley name is actually a reference to Jan Michael Vincent's last movie, which was Damnation Alley. So it was kind of a little in joke with the crew. Nice, yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> but Ash, what are your final thoughts of this movie? How do you think this movie ranks as a car slash stunt movie, and how does it rank as? Well, you haven't seen many Burt Reynolds movies, have you? You know what I
0: think? All right, cool stunts, Burt Reynolds, Aunt Mae's tits, a <laughs> cab.
2: <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that that just sums this movie up perfectly. You know, all you just got to do is just add Burt Reynolds, Sally Field. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. That, that's all you got to say about this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll show you Smokey and the Bandit, too.
2: Oh, man. Smokey and the Bandit is great. But, yeah, continue on, Ash.
0: Where does it rank among car movies? I, I, I think it deserves a special place in the same Hall of Fame as or Gone in 60 Seconds.
2: Yeah, but it's a lot more meta than that. It is. You
0: know? It, it it and it and it deserves even more points on on its own part for being more meta.
2: Yeah, and the interesting thing is is that Burt Reynolds did a lot of movies like this where he? he kind of explored you know the the ends of like movie making and everything.
0: Burt fucking Reynolds. If you don't get hard when you see his his naked body, I mean, you actually <laughs> are gay if you don't get hard. Wow. That's how that works.
2: Jesus Christ, man. Not
0: that, not that that's not okay cuz I am pansexual, so you know, there's no amount of hate here for the LGBT community.
2: No, I mean, I'm demisexual myself, so I, I mean, a- I'm kind of under the ace flag.
0: Yeah, there you go. Guys, it's Pride Month. Happy Pride. Happy
2: Pride Month once again.
0: I could use a BLT.
2: A BLT? What the fuck? What does that mean?
1: Uh, bacon, lettuce and tomato.
2: Gross.
3: <laughs> Fucking gross. <laughs> not
2: vegan. You- you dick. <laughs> you dick. God damn it, Robert. Why do you have to just take this podcast and just, just yeet it off the fucking cliff and just be like, nope. No, we're just not doing this. Because we're
1: about to do it right now. We're about to go off a cliff.
2: We're about to go off a cliff. Yeah, we're, we're going down off a cliff hardcore. Going
0: down, down. Like Burt Reynolds stunts.
2: Yeah. Woo, here
0: we go. Full circle.
2: Full circle. Full circle. But anyway, my final thoughts about this movie. I mean, of course, no they're one overwhelmingly... Nobody cares. But my final thoughts in this movie, I really feel like this is a joyous movie to put on. I mean, there's not a whole lot of real mean-spiritedness here. I mean, even the fucking around with the cops, it's never mean-spirited. It's always just like, ha, 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 ha. We're just kind of trolling them and everything. And it still has a little bit of a serious, you know... Melo, it's not really melodramatic but it has a good amount of drama to it like especially with the scenes between sally field and burt reynolds like before he does the actual damnation alley stunt. i mean she's genuinely concerned about it and even tries to threaten to leave him if he goes through with it but in the end she actually ends up at the stunt itself she, she watches it go down
0: yeah she loves him so if something does go wrong she wants to be there
2: well yeah of course
0: and if Nicole if goes right, she wants to be there to be, you know, there for him in his moment. Because he's the and man. And she is. He's the man, dude.
2: Yeah, and, and that's what makes their relationship so likable.
0: I mean, after this, he can retire, pass on the torch, and, you know, live his life with her and settle down.
2: Yeah, there is a lot of that element of passing the torch there. Yeah. I mean, Ski, played by Jan Michael Vincent, which, by the way, we need 23 more Jan Michael Vincents in Quadrant 18 right now stat. <laughs> and if you don't get that, you don't watch enough Rick and Morty. Or am I thinking of, or do they reference another person? I don't know. Hmm. It's been a while since I watched Rick and Morty. It's been a while. <laughs> I haven't
0: really watched since season 3.
2: Yeah. And and I have both seasons, both of the first seasons on DVD and I don't I don't ever watch it.
0: They need to do a Rick and Morty movie. If they do that, we're going to podcast it.
2: Oh, I mean, fuck! We may as well just podcast about Rick and Morty in general. <laughs> like, I mean, I have some things to say about that series and where I kind of feel like it kind of dropped off a little bit. But you know, I mean, I, I don't, man. I hope we don't get a bunch of hate over the Rick and Morty comments.
0: I like it. I just, I think the fandom sucks.
2: Yeah, the the fandom sucks. It's kind of like Steven Universe. Good show. Fandom sucks.
1: So. Let's go get a Trans Am, dude.
2: Yeah, let's go get a Trans Am, exactly. Let's
1: go build a Trans Am.
2: Build a fucking Trans Am. But yeah, this movie is a love letter to stunt work and also just a show of respect to Sally Field's stepfather as well. And as a car movie, I mean, personally, I don't feel like the cars are really like the focal point of this movie. Like, at least not tremendously.
1: It's just just the one car at the end. Oh, and that, I mean, that other stunt car that had, like, a 429 Cobra in it.
2: There's plenty of, yeah. of car-related stunts in this movie, and there's also yeah. that motorcycle stunt and whatnot. Yeah, that, but, was,
1: that was real stunt work.
2: But the real gist of this movie is ultimately a Hooper's pride as a stuntman and how that kind of leads to the buildup towards this final Damnation Alley stunt. Yeah. I mean, he's putting a lot on the line for this movie. And he, he does emotionally kind of take it out on the director. You know, and the director does his best to kind of be, I, I feel he actually tries to be a little, like, diplomatic with him and just be like, look, I know you put yourself on the line here, but this is just how I feel about it. And he's still fucking decked him one. <laughs> oh. I don't blame him, honestly. I don't blame Hooper. There's a, there's a punchy. <laughs> oh, God damn it! Oh. I hate that fucking game. I hate punchies. I hate it so much. I know what you're doing down there. I'm not going to fucking do it. I'm not not fucking looking down, dude. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. I hate that fucking game so much. But I mean, I feel like, yeah, maybe it has a place when it comes to car movies, but it's just not the focal point. The focal point is Hooper himself, his relationship to the people in his life and how his stunt work affects that. That's ultimately the gist of this movie. And as far as a Burt Reynolds movie is concerned, this is quintessentially Burt Reynolds. This is Burt Reynolds in his peak with Sally Field, which, I mean, this period of his career, you have to tie to Sally Field because he made so many movies with her in this short period of time. Yeah. And it's just a fucking pleasure to watch, really. I mean, I don't have very much to say about the plot. The plot is very simple. It's, it's just a simple, you know, a person in a certain field is old and has to prove himself one more time. One more time. He needs to yeah, he needs to just do one more bout, one more stunt, one more car crash, yeah. you know.
1: It's like one big payoff because yeah, yeah, it's
2: his it's his final big payoff. It's his retirement.
1: Basically Indiana yeah. Jones and the Crystal Skull.
2: It, essentially, yeah. It's essentially like that. <laughs> but it's really beautiful how this movie wraps up and very tongue-in-cheek. I mean, there's emotional scenes, there's badass stunt work i mean all of the explosions and the and the buildings collapsing and everything in the end is just so worth it to get to yeah and you totally get the stakes of that scene and everything and and the the stakes are real i mean he could literally get paralyzed if this shit goes wrong so i mean his back is just that shattered so i mean as a burt reynolds movie yeah it's definitely up there it's not his best work. Arguably, Deliverance is his best work, like, without a shadow of a doubt.
0: You know, one other thing about this movie is this one of the very first films that had a blooper reel during yeah. the credits.
2: Yeah, we were actually watching the credits right now, and, yeah, the blooper reel shows a lot of stuff that was, you know, ultimately cut from the movie. I think there's even a uh, another jump stunt that is shown that's not shown in the movie. And, yeah, the, the blooper reel is actually really really interesting and it's interesting that that's the first movie that did that i mean hell you can't watch a jackie chan movie without staying to watch the actual blooper reel that's like part <laughs> yeah. of the experience of a movie like that Rumble in mo- the
1: bronx right
2: <laughs> yeah i mean that, that's just like essential you have to have that at the end
0: it's like staying in, during the credits on a marvel movie you have to do it
2: yeah exactly yeah you, you have to do it you just got to but anyway, I guess we're going to go ahead and start wrapping things up here. Hooper is a good movie. Check it out if you find it on DVD, pick it up. I'm not sure if it's streaming anywhere. But if you can find it streaming, yeah, watch it.
1: And Robert, do we do we have anything to announce? Oh, no, no we don't. I oh, think we do because I think we'll save that. It, we're going to save it. has been officially announced though. We've already put it out on social media. Oh yeah, you did that, right? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: you know, Production has started on Texas Sundown. That's Damn. all you need to know. Damn. You don't need to know
1: more about it. Yeah, you didn't know anything else. But the yep. uh,
0: the latest project from Robert Ortegaon is no it's started not production, and it's we your, hunkered ourselves in a ranch for a couple days. And yeah,
2: yeah, it's gonna be an interesting experience. I mean, I think I got a part in it. Like Ash and Robert, they're playing. No, 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 no.
0: We don't. We don't talk about Texas Sundown.
2: We don't talk about Texas Sundown. It's the really. first
0: rule of Texas Sundown.
1: All right. It's the first two rules of Texas Sundown. <laughs> you
2: know, sometimes I really hate that Fight Club is a thing. Yeah. Exactly for that reason. But, yeah, look for that coming from Collateral Media and whatever production company Robert decides to call himself.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's cool have to get with my producers and my uh your producers and your, and, and your agent and and your agent, my agent you know. and, and, and your
2: publicist there you go my oh publicist my you know and your lawyer yes yeah, so oh my i mean i'm in
1: between lawyers right now and uh, i'm in between lawsuits so. well the fucker i'm your agent
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but how about collateral gaming ash what's coming up with collateral gaming
0: Woo we are doing we're talking about dead space so i should have that released by the time this is released part one and part two we're going to actually talk about dead space 2 so that's going to be a lot of fun i actually am running into that series for the very first time and yeah just fell in love with it we're also going to be covering e3 because that's going on this week so stay tuned for a special bonus round focused on the biggest video game event of the year and covering all of the major new games coming out.
2: E3. God damn, man. It's been a long time since I've watched anything pertaining to E3. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I will go online and go on YouTube and check out some of the... I, I heard that the Xbox and Bethesda presentation was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I, I've been watching bits and pieces. I haven't been able to like sit down and watch because I had my daughter's birthday party and then I had work but I'm trying to get all the major stuff that I'm at least that I'm interested in and we'll have a lot to talk about. So stay tuned for that. And if you enjoy collateral cinema, you should definitely check out collateral gaming. You can find us wherever you listen to collateral cinema and you can find collateral cinema where
2: you can find collateral cinema on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on Apple podcast, Google play, spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts and also look for us on patreon
0: yes sir and what's coming up next
2: next we are going to be doing star trek beyond this is going to be our first modern star trek movie
0: yeah i kind of wanted to do a thing where we compared the voyage home from last season one of the older movies with but beyond and you know watching i watched all three of the star Trek films and well we'll, we'll save it for the podcast we'll save yeah, it for the podcast.
2: yeah yeah let's save it for then after that is our season finale, and Part we're going as to be well talking. Ab- it. Yeah, we might as well announce it. And we're going to be talking about the interview starring James Franco and Seth Rogen.
0: Fuck yeah!
2: And like I said, I'm going to try to get my friend Joey to join us on the podcast for that episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll it, be that's a fun film. And I mean, I know that there are less than favorable accusations regarding James Franco that. I guess should be believed because Seth Rogen's walking away from him, but we'll just take that out and just watch this movie as a fun quasi-stoner movie.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's what's coming up with collateral cinema and collateral gaming and everything. So check us out on the aforementioned websites and podcast apps, wherever you get your podcast and yeah, check out our movie commentaries on Patreon. They start at a dollar, and go up to five dollars so yeah just contribute whatever you can ladies and gentlemen and be sure to give us a five-star review on apple podcasts and on Podchaser, and also leave us a comment tell us if we're doing something wrong if we're doing something right give us some constructive criticism
0: constructive criticism uh, we, we exactly.
2: uh, whatever <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, with that said, I'm Bo Maddox.
0: I'm Robert Ortegon. And I'm the driver who laughed at danger.
2: (sighs) Yeah, okay. This is Collateral Cinema. We'll be back with Star Trek Beyond very soon. And also be sure to check out our latest director's cut. Laters. Out.
3: Used to tell him he ought to settle down, find a steady woman, land a in town, but somehow that attraction never seemed too great. You see
2: collateral Cinema it. is a collateral media podcast. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.